Welcome to this week's serving of Oyster Stew, a mix of financial services commentary and insights. Each week, we'll discuss what is happening in the industry based on what we see as we work with regulators and clients. We hope you come away with the knowledge and tools to help you make the best decisions for your firm's future. Today's episode is part two of a series of podcasts discussing the SEC's 2020 exam priorities. Hi, everybody. This is Buddy Doyle. I'm Chief Executive Officer of Oyster Consulting, and welcome to this latest version of Oyster Stew, our podcast uh, that we use to talk about the financial services industry. I'm fortunate enough today to be joined by Evan Rosser and Joe Turner, both of whom are former regulators, have worked in the broker-dealer and investment advisor business for, uh, for quite a while, and have transition to consulting as uh, they go through their career and have been with Oyster Consulting for some time. So thank you, Evan. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. What we're talking about today is the examination priorities, uh, the SEC and FINRA. If you're wondering what's on their mind, it's fortunate that they tell you uh, every year. So moving on to market integrity, which is another major component of the letter, What particularly jumps out uh, to me when I think about market integrity is really down to the controls that came out of uh, 15C35, the market access rule. And Evan, I know you've done an awful lot of work uh, related to algorithmic trading and controls and and, uh, been involved in a lot of the regulatory uh, dust-ups that have occurred in the industry. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of what firms should be thinking about when it comes to direct market access controls? This is an issue that affects the marketplace itself. It affects the financial health of firms, and it uh, is a customer protection issue. So it really touches all aspects of what FINRA and the SEC are meant to regulate. And it really brings the technology now of of, uh, current trading practices into the compliance world. One of the the most important aspect of the direct market access rules, 15C35, is really controls. It's very much a control rule. And one of the things that FINRA is going to look at is, what are your controls? How do you control orders entering the system? Are they in regulatory compliance? Do they, are they within preset capital and, credit controls, and then are you reviewing them post-trade surveillance? That's another huge part of 15C35. And the issues that FINRA has, and they have found, as does the SEC, is you don't have those controls. You don't have a process to set adequate capital control for the firm's trading and credit controls for the customer's trading. Uh, And do you have a process for intraday changes? because they will happen during the course of the day for active trading firms and high-frequency traders. So you need to have that process for creating those credit and capital controls, enforcing them, being aware when they're being breached or nearly breached, and resetting them during the course of the day for legitimate reasons. Another thing required by 15C35 is um, CEO certification. And the CEO CEO certification really needs to be documented. Most firms do a series of sub-certifications from technology, 
from credit and uh, finance, from uh, technology and compliance. There are a number of aspects of the program that need to be reviewed um, and they need to be demonstrated that the firm is in compliance with all the provisions of 15C35. You need to be aware of your controls, who sets the parameters, how the parameters are set. Many firms take the parameters provided by their uh, service agencies, but they need to set them that are appropriate for their firm and based on the experience that they have. They need to have control of the controls so they can set them and monitor them and amend them as necessary. Post-trade controls and surveillance are very important. The rule requires you to surveil all activity uh, post-trade, and that is where firms need to look at unusual trading, perhaps manipulative trading, spoofing, layering, and it's important that firms not only capture that, have parameters to uh, capture possible exceptions, possible red flags of violative activity, and they do that in a timely manner, that those are reviewed and escalated when necessary, and they can document the escalation and documentation of the disposition of those uh, escalations. So there are a lot of different pieces. If you do provide clients with the ability to directly access ECNs, market makers, uh, ATSs, or exchanges, uh, you will need to have a robust market access policy. And both the FINRA and the SEC will be looking at it when they examine you. And I would encourage you, if you're, if you're in the uh, direct market access business, to also look at the controls around overrides. Um, most of these trading platforms and controls have a way to override those controls for purposes of fulfilling legitimate business. But when people override those controls, are they doing it for the right reasons or not? Is there an approval process around that and a review process around that? Uh, that's something to keep keep a close eye on uh, as well. And really, that's the part that can get you in a lot of trouble and you won't know it. Yeah, I, there are there are hard blocks and there are soft blocks. And soft, soft blocks can be overridden. And it's important to know under what circumstances you can override a soft block. Another thing that I, I think I failed to mention was testing of your program. You, you can have all the controls in place, but you must test them to make sure they're reasonably designed to do what they're meant to do, and in fact, they are working. And Evan, uh, I guess it would be uh, inappropriate to talk about trading without talking about best execution, uh, which is sort of at the core and heart of, of what the industry does. Uh, any learning on best execution? from the letter? I think there is a little bit. One of the things that it, that it brings out, uh, I don't think there are any new developments or rules uh, pertaining to best execution, but FINRA will continue to look at the diligence firms use to direct order flow, where it goes and is it going to the best market given the size and the type of the order. They'll also be considering what does best execution mean now and order routing decisions mean in this increasing environment of zero commission brokerage activity? 
Now, if we're looking at odd lots, FINRA has seen a significant increase in odd lot activity. And where is that going to the right market? Um, I think another thing that maybe firms might not always focus on is they're going to be looking at the reasonableness of policies and procedures for best execution in U.S. Treasury securities, as well as option orders. Uh, and I think it's important that if you haven't done so, that you make sure your best execution procedures cover those two products, fixed income securities and options. Uh, one other thing, going back to the Reg BI, or excuse me, for the direct market access for a moment, fixed income also falls under um, direct market access 15C35. So if you're directing fixed income or your clients are directing fixed income orders directly to uh, an ECN or an ATS that trades fixed in income, you are subject to 15C35. Fixed income obviously doesn't trade the way high-frequency equity trading does, but it's still subject to the rule. Well, with that, I would like to thank you all for your time. Joe, Evan, thank you so much. Uh, if you are looking for any uh, guidance or thought on your regulatory compliance program or the focus of the regulators, feel free to reach out to us and uh, we will get back to you right away. Thanks again for listening to the Oyster Stew podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so we can continue to bring you resources to help you make the best decisions for your firm. If you're struggling with a topic and you'd like us to do a podcast on it, or you'd like a free consultation, feel free to reach out to us at 804-965-5400 or by visiting our website at oysterllc.com.